Welcome to The Ziggler Show. I'm your host, Kevin Miller, and today's Zig Bomb comes from our guest in the last two shows, Chris Gillibo. We asked him for his favorite Zig quote and value from that, and here is what he said. You know, obviously, it's hard to narrow down the influence and the tremendous legacy of Zig Ziglar, um, but I would say something that kind of has stuck with me, and I think about it often. He said something, and I could be paraphrasing this, but it's, it's something like, you know, failure is an event. Uh, failure is something that happens. Failure is a circumstance. It's not a person. And I I think about that all the time because I failed in a lot of stuff in life and I failed in some career stuff. I've also failed in a lot of personal stuff. Um, when I was a kid, I was a juvenile delinquent high school dropout. And some of it is funny to think about because I have some funny stories about that, but then also some of it was kind of, kind of hard at the time. And, um, just kind of realizing at some point in life, you know what, those things don't define me. Those personal challenges, they don't define me. If anything, I can, I can learn from them and they can become part of who I am now and I can use them for good in some way. And the same for career stuff, you know, like the failures that I've had, those are just events. Those are circumstances. I am not a failure. And I, I have found that just personally very empowering. Well, folks, that quote comes from actually a longer quote of Zig's that says failure is an event, not a person. Yesterday ended last night. Today is a brand new day and it's yours. Uh, one of his most heartfelt quotes, I believe he, he, uh, ended a lot of, of his sessions with that quote. Well, what we did is we took the quote and Michelle Prince in a recent Facebook live talk, asked the listeners this question in regards to that quote, she said, who of you listening have had a failure in your life that led to something good, something greater? Well, there were over 800 comments uh, during that talk. Again, the Facebook page for uh, Ziegler has almost four and a half million folks on it. But we went through there and just pulled a handful of the comments to discuss in today's show, things that we felt everyone would resonate with on this Big topic that we often come back to on failure, how it keeps us from going after things, how it handicaps us, uh, but it's, it's the fear of failing or we, again, having that past failure. That past failure is really what we're talking about today. Um, so we're going to have a discussion with Michelle and I just talking about some of these comments here in just one moment. If you find value here, folks, please leave a rating and review and iTunes. And this time I'm going to ask for something specific, a specific mention. Uh, some of the, uh, a listener recently left a review on, uh, in iTunes calling Tom Ziegler, a white supremacist. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I, how, how on earth could you take a legendary guy like that and do that? So, hey, if you want to come to Tom's aid there, go to iTunes and you're feel free. Hit reviews and then you can choose the most recent review and you probably will see it there. So anyone who wants to come to Tom's rescue, testify to the quality of man and leader that he is, that Zig Ziglar is, please come and do that. We can't remove the review, but we can overpower it with some positive uh, reviews, though you can go to the review and actually check no, uh, that the review was not helpful. So uh, again, best way to thank us, leave a review in iTunes. Well, folks, okay, here now is Michelle Prince, and we're going to take some of these comments on overcoming failure and taking a failure and going past that to achieve something greater. So Michelle, as I was thinking about this, this topic and this question, and I was thinking about my own story and experiences with failure and failure that led to something bigger, I actually wanted to back up a little bit and just 
ask to begin with, there's, there's some debate, some school of thought, you know, about the essence of that. And we hear some people going, you know, it's the old Thomas Edison. Oh, he didn't fail. He just learned a thousand ways not to do it. So it wasn't a failure. And and we speak that and to some degree, gosh, some of my failures, I mean, in sports and stuff, you look at the failure is a stepping stone, but then there's also sometimes in life we have, you know, real failures and it's hard to just discount those and go, no, that was just to get me to the next thing. And so I wondered about your perspective on that perspective. Well, my take on it is that, you know, failure is a part of life. And I feel like if we, if we act like it's not that it's, it's almost uh, a lie. I mean, nobody likes the feeling of failure. Um, I've failed many, 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 many times, and I know I'll continue to fail in my business and my marriage and my, with my kids, you know, just, that's just life. But um, I do think though, that it's the lessons we learn because if we were a success at everything, there would almost be no incentive to keep trying, you know? Um, yeah, true. If you don't fail, there's really not that internal, I'm going to do it next time. I'm going to keep pushing. And, and so is it something we want to have in life? No, but do we, if we feel like that, it'll never we will never have failure, then that's... I, no, I love that perspective. I've literally, and this is going to be blasphemous to some people, I think. Sorry, mm-hmm. folks. But uh, I, I've thought about that as I've talked, even about heaven, you know, the thought that you're going to go up there and sit on a cloud and, and play harps for 20 years. I think that's boring, man. I, I hope that there's some challenge in there because you love the feeling of achieving <laughs> something. So we'll see how that plays out. But uh, well, so real quick, I wanted to ask you, Do you, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll do real brief, and I'll ask you to do the same. So real quick, I had a business... Uh, a long journey. I won't go into the details, but it was 2002 and my wife and I, we had three kids at the time and we decided we enough was enough. There were some things that I had made some bad decisions and great heart, bad strategy. And, uh, we knocked on some doors, got an opportunity and we left Franklin, Tennessee. We sold most of our stuff, stopped some big endeavors we were in. It was really difficult for my heart, my ego, uh, stopped those and moved cross country and started something else. Four months later, we, uh, we went to Silicon Valley area. Four months later, we ended up right here in the high mountains of Colorado. And this is, you know, it feels, I mean, the end is not the end and we're already looking at some other places, but you know, for a lot of ways, it felt like this was our destiny. This was, was right. great. And I'm so grateful that I, um, you know, moved forward from something that there was a lot of it that was a failure. I mean, it was it, just as what we talked about, there was some true failure. I do have some regrets. I'm incredibly grateful for, well, you know what? I won't give away redemption, but we've got that in one of our questions coming up. Anything that you've, you've experienced in there that was significant? Well, I just, I, you know, like I said, I've had so many failures and I continue to on a daily basis. I mean, I, I may have given this example another time on the podcast, but it's it, just because it was in my mind, such a big failure when I didn't get into the college I really wanted to go to that I had just planned on going my whole, you know, high school career. And I, when I got the letter saying, unfortunately you didn't get in because my, my, my uh, SAT grade wasn't high enough. I was devastated. And in all ways of that you look at it, it was a failure because that's what I thought I was going to do. And then it was an abrupt change in my direction. But for me, that is the perfect example of, that put a fire in me and I was so uh, heartbroken and disappointed and embarrassed that, you know, I didn't get in where I wanted to go. So it put a fire in me that I had in a way, something to prove to myself that I could do this. And so I ended up going to a college locally Mm -hmm. and I, I pushed myself so hard to get the good grades and make 4.0s and straight A's just to prove to myself that 
no, I am smart enough. I just didn't apply myself in high school, but I had what it took. But had I not failed, I don't know if I really ever would have had that ambition. And that's when my big drive and my competitiveness really kicked in um, was my college years. So I see it as a blessing in disguise and I failed forward because had I gone where I thought I would have gone, I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't have met my husband. You know, I wouldn't have had the, all the great things that have happened to me because I failed. Okay. Well, great lead in because we both hit on some things that are coming up in these uh, questions given during your Facebook live talk that had, yeah, last I saw it was like 800 and some comments. So I pulled some out here and I'll, I'll dive in here. This is uh, Elver. Uh, I failed in trying to get my life insurance license, not once, but two times. I did not quit. I analyzed my shortcomings, adjusted and went to take my test and I passed my third time. So, you know, we're doing this show off of uh, Chris Gillibo's favorite Zig quote and it was in, this is show 488. So 487, uh, we talked about his personal development journey and 486 was our main interview with Chris on his book, Side Hustle. And I think it was in that one where he talked about that, that kind of the never, never quit, never quit, never quit type thing that, you know, Churchill or whoever said, and, and this sounds like what Elver's saying here sounds like what Chris said that, you know, there's been a lot of things where the goal he did not quit on. He was committed to that and he never, never quit on that. However, the methodology to get to that, uh, he had to change because this one wasn't working and this one wasn't working. And so I like that from Elver here that, uh, you tried it twice. You, you didn't make it and you didn't just bullheadedly go forward, but you, I love this. I analyze my shortcomings. That statement right there makes you a rock star amongst rock stars for anybody who's a human being to actually stop and do that and to be real with themselves and analyze their shortcomings. You adjusted and then you went back and you succeeded. I love this story, Michelle. Oh, I do too. I do too. And I mean, how many people can relate to that, but how many people just give up after the first time, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's just, it just goes to show that you may not get it right the first time or the second time, but there's something in that process, some lesson learned, you know, the fact that he analyzed, you know, what did he learn about the process or about himself that he didn't know the first time that now that makes him all that much better at what he does. So I, I, but I love that example. Well, this is uh, Michael Slater. He says, uh, good morning from Northeast Arkansas. And of course he was responding to you as you asked people where they're from on the uh, <laughs> Facebook live, but he says, I failed at being, well, I, and I'm going to put the post this one up to you because I'm going to question his perspective here right off the bat. So I'll lead you in with that, Michelle. He says, I failed at being a musician, but I keep at it and still learn. I just wish I was confident to play with a band, but I keep the dream alive at 60. So this wasn't an overcoming, but I put it in there because it was interesting to me because he's saying I failed. Now he's still playing music, but he failed because his perspective of success was being in a band. And I'm questioning, is that really a failure? What are your Mm. thoughts? What are your thoughts on that? Well, in his mind it is, but in the grand scheme of things, no. I mean, it's maybe it was the wrong goal, you know, maybe... Maybe that wasn't the intention. And, but the fact that he still plays music, I mean, that, that means it's, part, it's tied to his passion. And that's yes. something so, so important that if you are setting goals that are not tied to your passion, they may not be the right goal, first of all. But second of all, you know, when you have passion in it, you're going to find a way to make it work. Now, so many people are passionate about certain things, but it doesn't mean they can make a full-time career out of it. 
But if they can still get it into their life, even in a short amount of time, a day, a week, a month, then that's going to bring joy and excitement and passion in their life. So yeah, I, I mean, the fact that he still does it is huge. I agree. I agree. And I, I looked at that. And now granted, Michael, if, you're, if your absolute heart's desire for your life, I mean, the epitome of success was to be a professional musician in some capacity, and you're not, I, I understand that. But yeah, as to what you said, Michelle, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, music, you know, there's things in my life. I, I never aspire to be a professional runner. And yet I am, I, trail running is food for my soul. It makes me a better dad, a better husband, a better worker. It helps me do better shows right here. And what music has done for your life? Well, I don't know. You'll have to say, Michael, but I'm guessing that there have been some successes in your life that that part, just like you said, Michelle, that part of music has enhanced who you are and uh, made you a better man. Yes. Well, David Finch says, um, this is interesting too. David Finch, he says, and the focal point of failure was marriage. He says, during the divorce, though, I came to realize I was a victim of abuse. I was set free from my abuser. Only then did I fully understand the life I was living. My life now is so much better. Uh, okay, hard thing to happen to, to learn, but my thoughts to Michelle is that, you know, again, not that you would say, I'm grateful that happened because of, but to some degree, if that's what it took, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Well, gosh, that's a tough one. I know. Because of course, know. nobody wants to see an end to a relationship, yeah. but, you know, sometimes, you know, there, there's always a reason behind everything. And we can, you know, if we, if we look, we can find the silver lining in almost all things. Um, you know, anytime it's a marriage, that's, that's, that's a tough one. But at the same time, I, I have so many friends and so many people that I know have gone through similar situations yeah. and, and they, you know, had they known what they know now, they, it would have been a much easier process for them, but they became a better version of themselves after yeah. they went through this really dark time. Well, I, I know. And I, again, I like to put in the ones that are difficult here and I felt this one was, <laughs> I, I did think that this spoke to me somewhat of, okay, divorce and, and that, that what that does to relationships. I don't know if there was kids involved, David, but, um, I would imagine if it was me that there would be regret. That's never going to go away. It's never going to be erased. However, thank God for some redemption. And if you're speaking of redemption in that, because of that, I did get free of something that now is going to help you go forward and be a fuller version of you. That is great. Again, maybe it doesn't justify everything that happened, but I, I do think of redemption and, and Michelle, I'm one of those people. I'm, I'm not a no regrets person. I, I have them even within redemption that I'm dramatically grateful for. And sometimes I feel like, does that I, it's almost hard to tie that up. Well, it's just, maybe it's just, it's just a tension that we live in. Yeah. And I, I keep going back to Zig's quote, uh, the other failure quote that he had, which was uh, failure is an event and not a person. And so many times, you know, we failed at our marriage or we felt at this, we take it so personally, like we are the problem or we caused this or, but really, as Zig says, it's not, you're not the failure, you know, it's just an event. That's what happened. Now, what you do with that and how you change your life and how you, the new perspective you take away from that is really where the success in this is. If yeah. you don't gain anything and you, you um, are just blaming yourself and all that, then you're, it's going to be a lot tougher to get through it and get to the other side and, and, and fail forward, if you will. And yeah. um, so, yeah. Well, so this one is similar to your experience with school to a degree. This is Ima. She says, uh, I failed in the first year of my master, going after my master's degree. 
and was very low because of that. But in my second year, I surpassed my expectations uh, of my professors and was featured both at my university's Facebook site and their website. Uh, again, just, just a great thing. It made me think of, I, I got the Yoda thought in my mind of uh, do or do not. There is no such thing as try, <laughs> which I think when I first heard that, I didn't really like it, but, but then I, I was really thinking about it even for this show and, and thought of, you know, when we look at people, well, you know, this as, as a coach consultant, people putting on events, you'll have somebody that go, you know, Hey, I wanted to write a book. And so I tried, you know, your event, which I saw the recent event is sold out. Congratulations. Yeah. Well, we have a couple for the one in January. We're still working on it. Okay. But, okay. But I saw almost sold on. Sold okay. Out, yeah. Which, by the way, for those who want to write a book, what's the website that they go to, Michelle? Bookbound by the sea. Bookbound by the sea. There you go. So, in doing similar events like that, you know, I, I would tell people, I, I even put this in my marketing. Hey, if you're coming, and this is going to be another thing that you go, you know what? I'm going to try this thing, or I try this thing. It's probably not going to work for. It's not going to work for you. You're going to work for you. Hopefully, we can help you be a guide. So I thought of that in in regards to to Ima's comment here that I feel like she did the Yoda thing. She didn't just try. She went and said, "No, I'm going to do it." And it was that commitment that allowed her to go in, have a failure, feel low about it. But obviously she came back and like the other guy before she must, I, I, I'm going to assume she, she changed some things. She tried harder. Who knows what I think. I mean, don't you think that sometimes failure, either it's going to overcome us or we're going to overcome it. We're going to come back the second time. And when we go after it again, when we do it again, we are going to by proxy do something different, whether we conceptualize it or not. So yeah. true. So true. And the, the joy and the accomplishment that comes when you win after a failure is so, so uh, life changing. I mean, that, that, that feeling you get that, that pride that, you know what, I may not have done it the first time, but I, I really, you know, shifted some things and I applied myself and I made it happen. And that sense of accomplishment is greater than if you would have done it right the first time. Yeah. And, and really much of what we are and who we are is how we feel about ourselves. So, I mean, it's probably one of the greatest ways to boost your confidence. If, you know, I'm not saying go out and fail, but when you do just know that when you shift it and re, you know, redo some things, you're, you're going to actually increase your self-esteem and confidence yeah. by proving that you can do it. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Folks, I hope you're finding value in this show. And if you are, again, we need your reviews. We need your encouragement. We need you to tell others what value you find in the Ziggler show and from Zig Ziggler himself. If you'll go to iTunes, please leave us a rating and review real quick. Before we jump back into this discussion, I want to thank Goddard school for sponsoring this episode of the Ziggler show. Have you ever thought about going into business for yourself? And I know a lot of you have, but we're overwhelmed by the idea of doing it by yourself. I think that's pretty much all of us. Well, operating a franchise gives you the best of both worlds, the freedom of owning your own business and the support and resources of an established successful brand. The Goddard School is a premier franchise of private preschools. It provides you the opportunity to own a recession resistant business while making a positive impact on children and their families. There's an ever increasing demand for high quality preschools and childcare. And having been a trusted name among parents and families for nearly 30 years, the Goddard school's proven educational approach ensures that children have fun while learning the skills they need for long-term success in school and in life, not to mention 
Children's daycare services earned a total of $47.8 billion in revenue in 2016 and are projected to earn $52.5 billion by 2021. When you become a Goddard School franchisee, you receive the best in-class support from a team of knowledgeable professionals in marketing, advertising, finance, IT, and more. For more information or to apply to become a Goddard School franchisee, visit Learn about goddard.com that's g-o-d-d-a-r-d learn about goddard.com well here's here's a good one ken jackson he says i failed to win the high jump at my state high school track meet and because i lost i couldn't go on to college now i'm assuming he was looking banking on a scholarship because of that and and that took that away and financially couldn't go But he says, I became a speaker and an entrepreneur. I wrote a book about turning points to help people get past obstacles. And then in big capital letters and exclamation points, I'm glad I lost. Uh, That's awesome. I love that. I mean, that's, he's the epitome of what we're talking about. It's learning from it and not dwelling on it. It's that respond versus react. You know, you could, you could look at that and, and absolutely react and be completely depressed and give up and maybe don't even apply yourself the next few years, or you could, you could shift it like he did and do something with that and make your life better because of it. I mean, I I say this all the time because I help authors, but you know, in your mess is your message. So unless you have a failure, you don't have a whole lot to help other people with in a way because you've never overcome anything that, you know, can help somebody else or inspire somebody else. And that's exactly what he did and love that story. Yeah. You know what? Just, just to insert here, somebody actually said this and I didn't keep it in the notes, but you've got me thinking about it again, that, uh, it was the aspect of, if you're not failing, you're not trying hard enough. Mm. But if we go back to, again, I think it was our first submission. And then I referenced what Chris Gillibo had said that if we're talking about a goal, an end goal that we feel we are to commit to, we feel called to, we feel a, a desire uh, to go after to a great degree that saying that, uh, you know, failing at that is some significant thing. No, we don't want to fail at that, but if we fail at the efforts, just like these folks who said, I want to get a master's degree, or I want a, a, a licensure in some area. And I went after it and I failed. Now, how do I adjust and go after it again, that there's going to be failures along there has, there has to be, I mean, sports is built on, you know, 99 failures to one win. That's football. People are all sitting around watching every play. That's, you know, half of them are failures, if not more. Yeah. I feel like the word failure is just so final. Like we think that because something didn't work, that that's it. It's the end. And that's really it's, it's just not the way it is in life. I mean, if when we were a baby and we were learning to walk, I mean, if we fell down once or twice, do we just give up? No. I mean, you just keep trying over and over and over and over and over again, because they don't even know the definition of the word failure yet. Mm -hmm. It's just the process to get what you want. You just keep trying. So I feel like if we can shift our mindset around it, it's, and look at it as, okay, that's just something that didn't work. That had a little bit of pain in it, but I'm going to learn from that. Uh, you know, I, I'll give that quick analogy. I was actually speaking earlier today to a group of uh, people in the financial industry, and I was using the analogy of a seed. 
and this sounds silly, but, but this, a seed, you know, like a little seedling, you know, whether you're planting a flower or um, vegetable or what have you, it's just a little seed and it might come in a little package, you know, and um, you know, until you open up that package and do something with the seed, nothing happens. You mm-hmm. will never get the cucumber if you don't plant the seed. Right. <laughs> but what, what, what we usually don't think about, we think of the harvest, we think of all those things, but what we don't usually think about is what's happening to that seed while it's preparing to, to take root is it's getting thrown in the dirt. Mm. It's getting thrown in the dark and it is scary. And it looks like there is no opportunity for success. And then what happens? Then the storms come and it starts pouring down rain. And not only they're in the mud now or the, the yeah, the mud now they're in the, they're getting wet. And it seems so hopeless as if they failed as a seedling. But the reality is, is it's only because of that place that they are in the ground. And the fact that the storm came and rained on them, that they were able to get that seed to take root. And I think it's easy to say, of course, but you know, we're all little seedlings going through life. And there's just so many different times that we get thrown in the dirt and we think it's a failure and that's the end. And oh my gosh, this is it. But really maybe that's exactly what it needed in order for it to take root. I I love it. Um, I, and yeah, I don't want anybody to hear, hear that and not give it the gravity that it really has. Cause you're talking about, when you talk about the seed and yeah, I'm, I'm totally tracking with you and you throw it in the dirt and it's dark and, and it's wet to me, what I'm thinking about is stress. And so, you know, I, I, I work a lot in the wellness industry and stress is a term. Um, I, I actually, I've, I'll tell you this for accountability. I am really contemplating a book, uh, on this topic uh, because it's, it's so significant that we give stress a bad name. It's because we take on too many things and we don't handle it well, but stress is necessary. If we do, if we put, if I put my arm in a, in a, in a cast for six weeks, it comes out and it's complete crap. I, I can't do anything with it. It needs the daily stress. Otherwise, well, my partner, who's a doctor, he says, what's the opposite of stress? And his answer is, is death. And which is a little, little hardcore, but even if you just think of atrophy, so yeah. when we look at the Ziegler wheel of life, which we're talking about with our guests now and look at in my, in my, you know, health, of course, is an easy one. If I don't stress it, it's going to atrophy in my finances. If I don't stress myself, it, it chances are it's going to atrophy in my career, in my relationships, which is a hard one because I, I really don't like stressing my marriage specifically. I have no earthly desire to. And yet if I just let it sit there and think that it's just going to be neutral, we all know that it's not, it's going to nosedive. And then we're going to hit a crisis and then we're going to go to the counselor. Uh, and now we've just in, in, endured we just broke a bone. We got to put a cast on. If we would stress it in a good way, uh, it mm, will. That's a great analogy. Well, there's my book. So I need to, yeah, I actually do. Okay, I should, yeah, I will hold you accountable on that. I one, need Kevin. to come to an event <laughs> because I just need the thing done and it keeps weighing on. Okay. We'll talk about that offline. So okay. I, folks, I may meet you at the, at the event. All right. This one is a good one. Um, Jay Arthur, he says, uh, uh, had a failure because of mismanaging money and it cost the loss of holdings. It forced me to get sober and then find balance. Wow. W- what hit me on that, Michelle, that I hadn't really thought about before, but now as I relate it to my own life, well, let's look at marriage as, as a result, there have been for disclosure, I've had, I've had some good valleys, uh, really bad actually, but significant valleys in my marriage and they were, needed because I couldn't see what I couldn't see and they were needed to bring me to a place of seeing what I couldn't see and to, and to make some changes and to, uh, yeah, assess, assess myself 
And I, I wonder, so my point on that is I wonder sometimes, sometimes failure is necessary to get us to a point, especially when he's talking about uh, getting sober. Well, let me just piggyback on that. You actually addressed this lady in your Facebook live, uh, Barbie. She said, I failed at the AA program at first. Then I tried again. Does that count? And on the show, you said, heck yes, that counts. So both of these, we're t- let's just, we can talk about addiction. I mean, talk about an, an aspect of failure and one that we tend to come to again and again and again. We all know the story of somebody who tried to quit drinking, they tried to quit smoking, they tried to get whatever, and they didn't, they didn't, and then something, they finally did. Thank goodness they kept going, but it's, it's often the failure. We talk about the hitting rock bottom, especially in, right. in addiction is what it takes to do that. I, I just haven't contemplated. So I'm, I'm thinking out loud here that are there some aspects of our life in many ways, not just addiction, where we need to hit some kind of a failure or a rock bottom in order to learn, in order to grow, in order, in order just to have our eyes opened up to we need to make some changes. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I absolutely think that's the truth. And, you know, it, I, and I won't get all uh, biblical here, but but really it's it's, I mean, we are designed to fail so that we need a savior. Um, we're, we're not supposed to be perfect. And uh, we're truthfully, the more we try to pretend like we're perfect, the, the harder life is. And I think we all want to be authentic, genuinely authentic in who we are. We appreciate people who are real and authentic. It's why you and I try really hard to keep things real here. But at the end of the day, we feel this internal pressure to be and look and act a certain way to be perfect, but, but, but we're so far from it. Um, failure is just the, basically just owning up to the fact that you're not perfect. <laughs> you know, um, I used to know it's easy for me to say this now, but when I was younger, I used to be very um, self-conscious and a people pleaser. And so if I wasn't doing everything just right, um, I was really hard on myself. And now I, I try to take myself a little less serious about those things. Um, even like if I mess up sometime, you know, I was speaking not too long ago and I was uh, reciting a poem that I have literally said, recited over 500 times in the last, you know, couple of years, it seems. And I know every word and yet I completely butchered it. And there was a time when I would have thought, oh my gosh, what are they thinking? They're going to, you know, think that I'm not a professional. And I, and then I just, I laughed the whole thing off and I jokingly said, well, at least, you know, now I'm not perfect. <laughs> and, you know, I, so I, I, it's easy to say, but I wish we could all just let go of this fear complex, a uh, failure complex, because really all it means is we're just admitting that we are who we were created to be. And that's not perfect. I like that made for failure to the point of just understanding our own humanity. The superpower is in, again, not letting it overcome you, but overcoming it, which goes back to Zig. If you've, if you've listened to Zig so many times, he cites that study that was done about top level CEOs around the country, I, I think, and how many of them, something like 75% came from abject poverty, or they had a sibling with a handicap, which sounds kind of, kind of odd, but as Tom and I talked about this, you know, even with a sibling part, it, it helped them realize that life was not just about them. It gave them some strength. And, uh, you know, it's interesting to look at. I mean, when you said that though, it made me think of, we know this from a personal development standpoint, that pain is a bigger motivator than desire, unfortunately. Um, we respond to consequences and deadlines more so than we do uh, a mature way, you know, look towards, towards health, unfortunately. Um, but also on that, and, and you said something that reminded me of this. I had somebody say, this is one of the most convicting statements ever said to me. 
uh, and it was actually around the, the, the option, the, um, uh, concept of adopting. We were at a, a meeting about adopting kids and somebody's talking about it. And this lady said, you know, would God ever call us to something that did not require him? Mm. No, I have no biblical story where he told somebody, Hey, I want you to go do this and you're good. You got it. I mean, just, it just <laughs> never happened. And yet, and yet that's what I do. I, I, that's what I have done. Uh, many times is taken a vision that I truly believe was from God and then acted in that way, turned around and said, Hey, I got it. And I went and at some point I went, God, where are you? Hey, what happened? And I, I, I was doing it on my own. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that was a big perspective changer to me that anything that, that I'm called to anything that's worthwhile, it is overwhelming. It should be overwhelming. It should call me. Yeah. Again, to get biblical and faithful to, to call for help. So whether that's from God or folks, if that's, you know, whether you need to seek help from your fellow man, which is who God works through mm-hmm. a lot, mm-hmm. if not primarily, then, uh, yeah, it shouldn't be easy. What, what do we get from ease? <laughs> But yet while we're in it, we're, we're thinking like, oh, please take this away. I want it to be easier. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I thought about that. When, when do we ever watch a, a movie with a, a hero in it that got that got to that hero dumb from sitting on the couch, from comfort and from ease? And yet we have a culture very much built around that. So it feels like a good, I'm convicted. How about you? I'm convicted. Yes. All right. Let's go fail. <laughs> all let's, of our listeners are too. Let's go try something hard and fail at it. Michelle, always a gift to do this. Thanks for sharing your heart and your insight. Thanks for uh, giving this question out on Facebook live and getting these great comments. Folks, thank you so much for these comments. And uh, yeah, please go. If you're not involved at Facebook with Ziegler, go there. There's a ton of people there. Great conversations. People like Michelle and Mark, Tim and Tom Ziegler who are given their hearts on Facebook lives every day. I think uh, pretty much there's, there's somebody doing something. So please do that. Uh, thanks for tuning in here, folks, as we walk together, inspiring our true performance. Stay tuned with us next week. Uh, We'll start with show 489 and do another one of our new series on Jordan Harbinger. He is the rock star podcaster with the Art of Charm podcast, one of the biggest business podcasts on planet Earth. And we're going to be talking about social skills, social capital, and all things Ziggler. Hope to see you there.